0: Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 4, Episode 3, A Study in 1 Peter. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. Today, we continue into 1 Peter, where Peter reminds believers that we have an incentive to be holy and should focus on the unshakable hope given to us by Jesus Christ. And let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. All right, back to verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ again every time you see the word therefore this is a reach back to the previous verses and this reaches back to the previous 12 verses that we have studied Peter is beginning to tell us to live a godly life but this is because of God's saving work found in verses 1 through 12 I encourage you to review the previous two episodes in this chapter if you need to get caught up now Peter describes how a life can be lived because of this great salvation in this verse we are instructed to prepare our minds for action. This in Greek is quite literally to gird up your loins of your mind. This means to tuck in your normal for the period, long flowing garment, to accomplish work or to run, just like Elijah did in first Kings, in fact first Kings eighteen forty five. And in a little while where the heavens grew black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Well that wouldn't have been possible if he just let it run around his feet so you had to bring it up. So to gird up your mind means to take the effort to discipline your mind, discipline your mind to think differently. This change in mind requires effort, it requires concentration, And it requires intentionality, as written by Thomas Schreiner. We are to be sober minded. This is not a reference to drunkenness, but to be aware of what Christ has come to do for us and an awareness of his return. We are not to be lulled to sleep by our daily lives and activities. We need to set our hope on the grace of God, that is, to focus on Christ's imminent return as the final action of salvation on his return is yet to be fulfilled, and it will be with the return of Jesus. Verse 14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy." If we set our minds on Jesus Christ's coming, then the imperative is to live a holy life now. Part of being holy is to not be conformed to old passions from a life lived in ignorance of the grace of God. Do not be drawn back into pre-Christian past. Be obedient children, obedient to God. To be holy or to be set apart means to be separated from all things evil that take us away from God. The pattern for our holiness is God himself. We see in Peter's second letter, in 2 Peter 2, 9, "...but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people, since you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy." Christians are God's people, a people who have received mercy, a holy nation, God's own possession. God called us from darkness to light. He created light, life from death through Jesus Christ. In verse 16, Peter quotes possibly several verses in Leviticus, as the quote could come from many verses, some scholars like Leviticus 19.2. Leviticus 19 verses 1 and 2 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you, are, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. God's people were to live holy and pleasing lives because God himself is holy and good. We are to model our lives from God himself. We also see in Leviticus 18, 1 through 5 in the previous chapter, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived. You shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. They were to be set apart. Set apart from all the other... peoples around them. Verse 17 says, and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. The fear in this verse is a reverential fear. To give you an example, let's say if you're a confident driver, well a confident driver possesses a healthy fear of an accident. And that fear normally keeps him from driving foolishly. Well, this is the same thing in us when we need to be confident of what God does and have fear of him, have a reverential awe of him. It's not terror, but it's a willingness to be obedient as our Father judges our deeds impartially. We find in Job 28, 28, He said to, the, he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. So what's the second part of this verse where it says what is this time of your exile? Well this pictures as the New English translation Bible in their translation notes explains that this is picturing the Christian's life in this world as a temporary stay in a foreign country. Christians should have values and behavior that's probably contradictory to the lives of unbelievers. This alienates Christians From the mainstream of things certainly the mainstream of culture we should conduct ourselves in a manner of obedience that God that honors God as father that honors God as Savior that honors God as judge verse 18 through 19 knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things such as silver or gold but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Christians are ransomed from a life of futility inherited from past generations. Ransomed means a price was paid for the life that is being redeemed. In the culture of Peter's timeline, slavery was endemic. It's certainly endemic in Roman society. Many times slaves came from conquered people. But a slave in Roman society have their freedom purchased. If enslaved people were able to keep and save any money, they, they rarely were able to because it would, had to be given to the master. But if they were given some kind of money, and some were, it was possible that they could use these funds to buy their freedom for a sum agreed by their master. Now, in Roman society, this was called manumission. It came in many forms, often involving a magistrate and a contract between the freed slave and the former master, and then sometimes large sums of silver and gold were required to earn that freedom or to purchase that freedom. But looking again in verse 19, but the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. or Christians have been purchased differently. We've received freedom from permanent separation from God because of the blood of Christ Jesus spilled on Calvary. Jesus... The precious and perfect blood of the Lamb of God accomplished the redemption of people. Silver and gold are temporal. The blood of uh, goats and sheep is temporal and fleeting. But the blood shed by Christ Jesus established a permanent redemption. Christ was the final sacrifice. That was a permanent way for sins to be forgiven. Verse 20 says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. The redemption story through Jesus Christ did not start at the manger, but it started from the beginning of time itself. And we found in Colossians 1, verse 15, talking about Jesus Christ, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Christ came to save mankind at just the right time in history. And Paul tells us in Romans 5, 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might dare even to die. have now received Here it is reconciliation, the price was paid, and in ephesians one three blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ through every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons. To unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth it would be a tragedy to not understand that grace from God that grace he has shown us and what that means what a privilege has been given to believers to live in a way in a manner that honors God God did all this for our sake and we should honor him by living a holy life and that should not be a burden Verse 20 says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, like we just read. But we add the second half of that sentence in verse 21, who through Him are believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. We have put our faith in God because of the work of Jesus Christ. As in verse 3 of this chapter, our hope is rooted in the resurrection of Christ verse 3 says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead so what we see in these verses is that Peter has given given us three imperatives here have hope be holy and live in fear live in this reverence for God a holy life is one in which the believer trusts in God's promises where God is prized above all things, in which believers trust and hope in God's goodness. And it sets us apart. We are to be holy for God. In our next episode, we'll look into living as the new people of God as we finish chapter 1 and possibly start chapter 2. God bless you today, and I encourage you to spend time in God's Word. Biblical Tapestry is available once again on Facebook and Instagram. I encourage you to please like and share this podcast. If you have gained anything from it, God bless, and I pray that you are doing well.